Coming up, it's a football Friday. We have NFL picks. It is the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. Lots of fun games. Some interesting lines to talk about in these games. It's all coming up next. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours plus you can exchange unlimited text messages and everything you share is completely confidential so i talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything one of the things that i learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced better help therapist get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash rami that's my first name that's better help b-e-t-t-e-r H-E-L-P dot com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description, in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. Welcome back to the Rami Lovey podcast, a football Friday edition. It's football Friday NFL Wild Card Weekend Edition. We got games on Saturday. We got games on Sunday and a lot to talk about in the NFL across the league. We will pick all the games, of course. But before that, there were a couple things I wanted to discuss and then we will jump right into the games. Um, so some teams had their breakup meetings, uh, mostly teams that were eliminated last week in the playoffs. One of them being the Baltimore Ravens locally here in Baltimore. And of course, also uh, the LA Chargers after their uh, wild elimination and how they lost. So Staley will not be fired. And everything I talked about from the Brandon Staley perspective, or I guess from the Chargers perspective, I talked about it from the perspective of Sean Payton, why he would want to go there. Um, What I failed to consider, obviously, was that the Chargers would never do that. They would never pay Staley to walk away, which is what they'd have to do. They'd have to work out a buyout with Brandon Staley. They'd have to give away draft picks and trade for Sean Payton, and then make him probably the highest paid coach in the NFL. Um, at no point in their history have they shown that they are a team that would be willing to do that. And so I should have uh, considered that. And I mean, this is what we saw. They're not going to fire Brandon Staley. And at some point, you know, they said it themselves. And Staley's talked about this. The Chargers Charger and people talk about it. So maybe it's not even all on Staley after all. Uh, but It was definitely interesting to see Brandon Staley uh, keeping his job when people thought he should have lost his job anyway. Just the fact they didn't make the playoffs in his first year with the roster that he had. Then the Mike Williams injury after playing him in week 18 with no meaningless and playing him the entire game. That made no sense. And then to compound all that with the collapse. But he keeps his job. And again, I'm not an advocate for anyone to lose their job. But it just seemed like it was headed in that direction. Instead, he'll get another chance. And listen, good for him. He has... One of the great head, one of the great quarterbacks, I should say, one of the great young quarterbacks in the game today, and Justin Herbert. Um, so you know the Chargers, they know that they have a really good team, but they have to compete. They have to prove it out on the field. So that's uh, from that perspective. Also, 
Greg Roman is officially out in Baltimore. He's not fired. They parted ways. The last guy they parted ways with was Wink Martindale. They said he blitzed too much. It was that just the relationship had grown stale in Baltimore. Now, obviously, Wink Martindale goes to the Giants and has a ton of success. He actually scaled back how many um, blitzes he dialed up against uh, last week against Minnesota, against Kirk Cousins. He was able to get pressure with three and four, and they were doubling Um Justin Jefferson all day. Not that it was an incredible defensive performance by the Giants by any means. They still gave up a lot of yards, a lot of points. And there were a couple of drives there, especially opening drive of the game where uh, Minnesota just marched right down the field and scored on the Giants. But we've seen this before where a relationship grows stale and yet it can still work elsewhere. For Greg Roman, in his case, he's had one of the best rushing defenses in the league every single one of his seasons in Baltimore, including four times he was the number one rushing defense in the league. Statistically, they're a pretty good offense. If you look there, I think top 15 in the league, which I know that's not great, but they're the top half of the league in offense the last two years, and that's without Lamar Jackson for most of those seasons. They're obviously number one in 2019 when Lamar won MVP. Clearly, the difference there was Lamar. My point is that sometimes a relationship grows stale. Sometimes a guy is actually better than it seems. And having a veteran in the room, a guy like Greg Roman, who knows how to play call and all that stuff can actually help a team. You go to a team like the Tennessee Titans, who's going to be a run-first football team and a ground-and-pound type of team, that might actually really work his running scheme. Another team that might work, a team that's probably going to be leaning heavily on the run next season as they get their second year now running back back and one of their best offensive linemen back yes it's the New York Jets the New York Jets could look as at Greg Roman as an option just because he didn't have success in Baltimore the last couple of years if you look statistically he was successful and just because everyone wanted him out of one place that doesn't mean that he is the guy uh, to blame for all of this obviously you lose a guy like Lamar Jackson who's a difference maker there's no weapons on the outside it there was a lot that went into this but at the same time Like I said, it is possible to concede that this guy is actually a very good offensive coordinator and maybe he would be successful elsewhere. But I watched every Ravens game the last two years. I watched every snap. The lack of creativity in the NFL today in a year like this year when you require creativity as an offensive coordinator in the NFL And he doesn't seem to be up to date with that trend. And so while his rushing attack is incredible, and I think there are certain teams that would love to have him, yeah, I don't think uh, he is capable of taking a team where you want to have a creative offense. You want to have creative play calls uh, and make that team really good. A lot of the big plays that they've had over the last few years, obviously, like I said, were Lamar Jackson improvising and making plays. Okay. So that brings us to the Jets and their offensive coordinator situation and an article that was in The Athletic this week um, by Zach Rosenblatt wrote a really interesting article about the relationship that was so clearly severed between the team, the players, and Mike LaFleur. Now, Mike LaFleur was, he had a creative playbook, and this is sometimes the problem with an extremely creative play caller. It was extremely creative, but they said it was complex. It was complicated. He obviously got into a fight on the sideline with Elijah Moore. It to the point where Elijah Moore told him to F off. And I don't know, apparently Robert Sala then sent Elijah Moore home and he did it. The trade wasn't even, the trade request wasn't even a big deal. It was that he had to send him home as a disciplinary reason. The fact they were able to bring him back and kind of make the offense look somewhat good and make the team feel somewhat whole at the end of the day, despite the fact that the revolving door of quarterbacks and it feel, felt like if Mike White doesn't break all his ribs, then maybe they have a better chance at actually putting something together the last few weeks of the offense. But all that said, they end the season on a six game losing streak. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt was singing Salah's praises for keeping the team together that the team would have fallen apart so much sooner had he not kept it together. 
Meanwhile, Mike LaFleur, it's rumored that he might go work under Sean McVay in that offense in L.A. And by the way, that would be a great decision for Mike LaFleur. If Mike LaFleur can go to L.A. where we know that McVay's offense is extremely complex yet extremely simple to run. A guy like Jared Goff had a tremendous amount of success in it because it was a simple offense to run despite it being complex to the defense. Baker Mayfield came in in one week and was able to run a successful offense at least that first week somewhat to an extent to have that game-winning drive. So we've seen people simplify the complexity. So I'm not saying that down the road Mike LaFleur won't be great, but I think, like I said, the Jets need someone who's a veteran, um, someone who is a little bit more mature and older and has experience in the league um, with the Jets. It's a really interesting situation. And this article, though, if you read it in the athletic, like I said, Zach Rosenblatt wrote an excellent article. It gives me some more confidence that if they get the right guy, if they get the older, mature guy, that there was so much that Sala was dealing with behind the scenes that maybe that's what crashed the Jets season, even though we didn't see it publicly, kind of in a Todd Bowles or Rex Ryan at the end kind of way. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see, and the Jets might be on hard knocks next year, uh, to see if the Jets can overcome that and can uh, become a winning team around Robert Sala. I'm not 100% certain. You know how I feel about him. But uh, it definitely this article gave me a little bit more confidence. Would I be extremely upset if they went after a guy like Greg Roman? I can't say I'd be extremely upset because, like I said, I do think that's more the direction they have to go. I'd love Bill O'Brien. That would be my favorite. He interviewed with the Patriots this week. Um, that would be my favorite for an offensive coordinator. But again, maybe maybe a Bill o, maybe a sorry a Greg Roman wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, even for the Jets, even though I think he lacks uh, the creativity that we'd like to see. All right, I'm going to do my picks. So that was just a quick intro. Uh, I'm going to do my pick segment next. It is all sponsored. So here it is. Today's picks are brought to you by Co36. You may know that I recently took a job with Fox Sports. What you might not know is I travel around a ton for sports. I travel for my podcast, whether I'm in the studio for the radio station, whether I'm at home working for Fox, or whether I'm traveling for sporting events. I want to be comfortable, but I want to look good and look presentable the way I do that. Co36, this is their branded hoodie. I love it. It's my favorite hoodie. I wear it all the time. It's soft. It's stretchy. It's lightweight. It's comfortable. It is literally the best clothing that I've had. They are the perfect modern day office wear brand. Um, and if you use the code HOLIDAY10 now, you can get 10% off your first order. There is a link in the description of the episode. And they are the official sponsor of the Rami LaVie podcast pick segment. Again, that's co36co and then spell out the words 36.com. Go there, visit them today. Okay, the number one rule, because these lines, they're not as big as they were last week, but the number one rule is, if you're betting a team to cover, you have to be sure that they can possibly potentially win. It looks like we'll have a shorter episode today because, like I said, we're just picking the games, we're just talking about them, and then we'll have a lot to recap, I'm sure, on Sunday once the games are done. But it starts with Jacksonville at Kansas City on Saturday, 4.30 p.m., and like I said, it's eight and a half. Do you think Jacksonville can cover? Maybe but you have to think they're going to win. Kansas City might be rusty, right? They didn't have to play. They played two Saturdays ago, so it's been two full weeks since they've played. Jacksonville is hot, coming in with momentum after the crazy win they had, after the incredible offensive and defensive also second half that they had against the Chargers. I do think Kansas City will win. I think the Jags can make it close. We talked about the team's in the past, we talked about this could be the team we talked about before the playoffs that the Jags could be the team that surprises people. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jags are all of a sudden the team that has the young quarterback and goes on a run and gets hot at the right time. I wouldn't be shocked. I think they can beat 
the Chiefs, and that's why I think I'm going to take the Jags to cover. But some Mahomes stats for you here. Mahomes has as many playoff wins in personally as the Jags have it as, as an entire organization. Mahomes is also 4-0 in the divisional round. He's never been eliminated before the conference championship. And the only people he's lost to in the playoffs in his entire career are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. He lost to Brady in his first season in the AFC Championship game. He lost to Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game last year. And two years ago, he lost in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. He's beaten everyone else that he's faced in the playoffs. There's no reason to think that Kansas City can't win this game. But we've seen all year they don't cover these numbers. And this is not a huge number. I would take them as a touchdown favorite. But eight and a half, that extra point and a half. I'm going to take Jacksonville to find a way to cover somehow in this game. Uh, Maybe just the Chiefs, we've seen this also before, where they mess around a little bit in the first half, try and get in rhythm, and then maybe they turn it on in the second half, and we see kind of the reversal for Jacksonville of last week. Again, Trevor Lawrence didn't even look that great last week for the first half of the game, looked awful. So uh, I think there's a chance this week that we see Kansas City blow them out, but I think Kansas City will find a way Uh, to keep it close actually and I say Kansas City will find a way to keep it close because I think it's going to be more them just kind of maneuvering through this game like I said just kind of figuring out what they want to do in these playoffs and how they want to win Um, and Jacksonville will ultimately keep it within eight and a half points the Giants are at Philadelphia this is in my opinion one of the games of the week on uh, Saturday night obviously in Philly it's going to be ruckus it's going to be crazy it's a division opponent it's a rivalry it's awesome this is a division rivalry that we've had Philly and New York for years already Boston Scott in his career by the way he's the I guess he's the second running back for the Philadelphia Eagles Boston Scott has I think 18 career touchdowns or 16 career touchdowns and seven of them have come against the Giants uh, only nine against every other team in the NFL and seven against the Giants it's just a crazy stat And listen, I listen to Giants Sports Talk all day because that's what I listen to. I listen to the New York guys. So maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I should go listen to Philadelphia Sports Talk for a few hours to kind of get the other perspective on this. But I feel confident about the Giants. I'm like, oh, this Giants team is incredible. This Giants team has the capability to win a game and to pull out this game because look what they did. They're hot right now. And I agree. When I saw the Giants, they looked like a good team. I think the Giants now are a better team than they were when they were winning all those games early in the season. They had a little bit of a rough stretch. And then since that Washington game that I went to, it feels like they've been a dominant team, both on offense and on defense. It feels like they should win every game and they're in every game. The game that they lost to Philly this year, obviously, One of them was when they rested all their starters, and one of them was what they got blown out, but that was earlier in the season. I don't think this is the same Giants team as that Giants team. Jalen Hurts has only played one game in the last month. He he was hurt, and then he played the one game, obviously, against the Giants where it looked like they were kind of hiding some of the playbook. They weren't putting it all out there. He wasn't running the ball as much. I don't know if that was to protect him and his health or if that was for another reason, but whatever the reason may be, Jalen Hurts... I don't know if he's the same guy. We haven't seen him. Like I said, we saw him once in a month, and he wasn't asked to do all that much in that game. So is Jalen Hurts the MVP candidate from earlier this season, or is he someone totally different? We'll find out. Um, And until then, we don't know. So we're not going to know till tomorrow night. But once we find out, we'll see if the Giants can stick with this team, if they can hang with this team or not. And look, the Giants might be the team of destiny. Like I said, I, I think they can definitely cover. I think they can win this game. I think they have kept games close all year. And think about last week. They did all that on offense without even having to use Saquon. So Saquon should be fresh. He hasn't. He didn't play two weeks ago. He got a little bit of some touches to keep him fresh last week. And then this week, I think Saquon's going to go off. I think he's going to get 30 carries in this game. I think that's who they lean on heavily. I think Boston Scott will score a touchdown also. 
And look, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. The Eagles have already beaten the Giants twice. So you might say, well, they beat them twice this season already. They definitely have the advantage. They know they could beat the Giants. But you can only beat a team three times in a season if you beat them twice. And like I said, it's hard to beat a team two times and three times in a season. So maybe if they were one on one, one and one on the season, I'd have more confidence in the Eagles winning because I think they are the better team. But the only there's one quarterback in the playoffs who's never won a playoff game. There's one court, head coach remaining in the playoffs who's never won a playoff game. Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are those two guys. All that said, the Eagles were one of the best teams in the league this year. They have the MVP candidate favorite for most of the season this year. And Jalen Hurts, they're a really good team. They're going to be at home. That crowd is going to be crazy. It's still Daniel Jones. Still not the most talented wide receiver core, even though I love Isaiah Hodgins to score a touchdown in this game. I'm going to take the Giants to cover the seven and a half, but I think the Eagles will ultimately win this game. On Sunday at 3 p.m., we have Cincinnati at Buffalo. We get to finish what they started. Um, it's one of the best games, one of the most highly anticipated games, and this is a game that people are looking forward to. And the line's weird. It's in the Vegas zone. Minus five and a half is a weird line. That's kind of that line where it's like, I don't know. It, it's not a touchdown game. It's not a three-point game. That's like between four and six is the Vegas zone. Um, and look, the Bengals O-line was clearly a problem. Guys on the Ravens who weren't getting pressure all year all of a sudden looked like incredible defensive linemen and edge rushers last week against this Bengals O-line. They're not healthy. They're not right. The Buffalo defense looked awful last week also, and they turned the ball over a thousand times. So what is going to prevail in this game? That's the question. Uh, 70% of the bets are coming in on Cincinnati. I don't know what that means as far as the percentage of money, but 70% of the bets total are coming in on Cincinnati. Uh, and yet still the line hasn't moved. So that might mean that most of the money is still on Buffalo. I don't know. It's a weird thing. The line scares me terribly. I like Cincinnati to win this game straight up. I really do. I think Cincinnati is a better football team. I trust Joe Burrow. I don't trust Josh Allen to not make mistakes in this football game. And I think their defense will let them down. And I think they're going to be so reliant on the big play that maybe they'll get a few big plays a game. But I think methodically keeping on going down the field over and over again, I think Cincinnati will win. So the five and a half shouldn't bother me. I shouldn't care about that. I shouldn't look at that. I don't know why it bothers me so much. I watch football every week. I know what I see, and I think Cincinnati can go into Buffalo. Joe Burrow is 3-0 and in his career on the road in the playoffs. I think Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals can go into Buffalo and beat the Bengals. I'm going to take Cincinnati to... I, I'm going to take them to cover the five and a half, but I think they definitely can win this game. And the final game is Dallas at San Francisco. It's only three and a half. That feels small to me. It's San Francisco minus three and a half, and I get it. Dallas looked really good, and people have a ton of money on Dallas because there are so many Cowboy fans, and that's why the line is so small. It started bigger. I think it started closer to a touchdown, and it kept moving towards Dallas. Um, look, I have money on Dallas to win the NFC. I placed that bet back in October <laughs> that they would win the NFC, but that's usually when they peak, about October, November, and that's maybe why I placed it then. But they looked like that team from earlier in the season against Tampa, but Tampa's also really bad. So what does that tell me? Like San Francisco has much more off, uh, options on offense. They have much more weapons. At the same time, Brock Purdy, like Brock Purdy has one playoff win in his career and didn't look great for half of that football game. So what are we trusting in this game? Dak also scares me on the other side. This game is scary. And maybe that's why the line is so close. I still think San Francisco will win and cover three and a half. Doesn't feel like a big enough line. Their defense is much better than the Bucs defense. Their offense is a thousand times better than the Bucs offense. And I know I've hated, I guess, quote unquote, on Dallas on this podcast a lot. And people are saying, oh, you're just hating on Dallas. No, I like I said, I have money on Dallas. I think Dallas is a very talented team, but I just think San Francisco at home, 
even with their quarterback, they're not going to rely on him too much. They're not going to make him do too much. They have all the weapons on offense, and their defense is much better. I think their defense is going to be able to stop Dak Prescott. It's a rematch of last year. The last year of the game was obviously in Dallas, and San Francisco won in that game also. Um, and I'm going to take San Francisco to win and cover. So, like I said, I have three underdogs that I'm taking. I'm taking Jacksonville to cover. Uh, the Giants to cover, I'm taking Cincinnati to win, and I'm taking Dallas or to lose and San Francisco to win and cover. They're the favorite. Here's the thing. When you look at these lines, to me, they look like an overreaction to last week. Dallas looked great last week, but the Bucks stink. So maybe San Francisco would be favored by more at home. Usually you get three points just for being at home. Maybe they'd be favored by more if Dallas didn't look so great last week. But again, there's a caveat to that. The Bucks are really bad. Jacksonville has the crazy comeback and so maybe that's why they're only eight and a half point dogs in a playoff game against Kansas City where it feels like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs should win that game by double digits at least and but they had that crazy comeback last week Cincinnati like I said they didn't look so great last week and maybe that's why they're giving four points to Buffalo but or five and a half points to Buffalo I should say but Cincinnati again this was the third time they played a tough AFC North opponent second time in back-to-back weeks like that plays a factor in it that for sure plays a factor in it so that line again another line that to me is just like it's just an overreaction to last week and again the Giants looked amazing but against a really bad Minnesota team so only seven and a half for the team that was the consensus number one team in the NFL for most of the season in the Philadelphia Eagles like that feels low also so it feels like all these lines and it makes sense because we watch playoff football it's people watch every single second of it because the games are staggered everyone's seeing how exactly every play of these games and so people develop certain feelings about the game if you watch the Giants game you think this Giants team is really good whereas they weren't all that good this whole season right so I know all it takes is a team to get hot, but I think these lines are more indicative of what we saw last week and more reactionary than anything else. That tells me that the lines are a little bit interesting. Like I said, Cincinnati, in Cincinnati's case, I think the line is too big for Buffalo because of Cincinnati's struggles. I like Cincinnati in that game for the Giants. I think the line might be a little bit too small. I still like the Giants to cover, but like I said, I maybe I can't separate what I saw last week from you know the fact that the Eagles are really good. So you have to make those decisions and think about it. Again, it's going to be a fun week enjoy it the one bet that maybe i'm scared of is the chiefs because they can cover at any point they can win by 30 in this game if they really wanted to but they haven't always covered maybe that's a regular season thing um and i do think jacksonville can i don't know we saw it with burrow and cincinnati last week it didn't really feel like they were going to win that game and then somehow at the end they won the game and it just the chiefs in the second half just never were able to get going um so I don't think Jacksonville will beat the Chiefs, but I think they can cover uh, the eight and a half and keep it to a one score game. And like I said, the only game where I really like the favorite to win and cover is San Francisco. I like them minus three and a half. I think they'll win that game against Dallas. All right, that's going to do it for the episode. Like I said, shorter episode, but a football Friday. Enjoy. Those are the games. Gamble responsibly, as always. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. See ya. you. With the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your heights Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Everywhere I go, oh, oh, I change it all. Oh, oh.
Wanna drop down Riverside See the birds flying on the high line With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive your heart be close, don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air when I land in another city And I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go, oh, oh, oh I change it all, oh, oh, oh Always on my I was Godsent. I used to hit them courts yard and prospect. Take them long walks on my time spent. Just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck. Dipping from the New York City's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit. Walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving. East side be the only side that I'm riding.